Welcome to the Digital Masters Growth Marketing Podcast for professional service providers, agencies, and consultants. We're going to be talking innovative strategy, tactics, and the tech tools that marketers are using in the trenches today. Made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let's get into it. Hey, Mark, how's it going, man? Glad you're uh, on the podcast today. Hey, Stephen. Good to be here. Loaded up on a full tank of coffee and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got my, uh, my uh, reverse osmosis water over here. Um, yeah, so man, I, I really do appreciate it. Um, I think LinkedIn is a, LinkedIn is a pretty cool place. That's where we met. I, um, I saw one of your, your video posts and I loved what you were doing because a lot of times the content on LinkedIn is very, I don't know. I like the inspirational stuff. Sometimes I post the inspirational stuff too, but I think some of the best content on there is like how to information, mm. like, how do you do this? demonstrating something that somebody can literally walk away and go do something with. And that's what I saw with your stuff. It's like you were, you were basically analyzing someone's site and going through it and kind of making pointers to it and, uh, and, and doing that. So I think that's really cool. Like what made you ultimately, like, how did you come, come to that style of content creation? What, what was it that prompted you to do that? Uh, yeah. I mean, really it's being a, avid consumer of content. I mean, I spend most of my life on YouTube, (laughs) just, just watching all this, all the random stuff on there. And when I came to LinkedIn and I saw that there's, I don't know, there was a lot of, as you said, vapid inspirational content, which, okay, it's nice every now and then, but it's mostly kind of useless. I was like, man, people don't want to consume this. Do they, do they really want to do Are they really liking this? I think there's an element that, that they do. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it like, uh, like the balance of it, I think is important. And, and, and when it, when people are doing it just because they have nothing else to do, mm-hmm. that's where I think it kind of falls short, but still like the, the how to information, that's the, the cool stuff. Cause you're giving away your secrets, so to speak. Um, and people really get to like, they get to see how you work and then they actually get to like utilize some of the stuff, even if they don't really want to hire you. They get something out of it. Yeah. I like the how to content. My favorite type of content is not how to, but how it happened. So it's like describing someone actually in the moment trying to build a business, mm. kind of like the, the podcast startup that came out a couple of years ago. That's mm. the kind of stuff I really like. And I think people really, really like that because it's, it's really human. And they get to cheer for the underdog and they're, they're seeing what actually happens inside the black box, which is building a business. Right. But how to come second to that? Because I don't know, I'm a little afraid to open up the kimono and show everyone the, the reality of my daily life just yet. We'll see. We'll see. The me, the me, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think I got a little, like Gary V talks about, it. I don't know if you ever followed mm. him at all. Um, I watch him sometimes. He does a lot of the inspirational stuff, but, um, he talks about like document instead of create. And, uh, and I think that that's an interesting perspective too, because if you, if you're, if you're documenting something, that means you're learning something. And that's a good way to make content is just basically like pumping out the stuff that you did the day before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And it's useful stuff. People can learn from your mistakes and to some degree feel inspired by you pursuing things despite your failures you know yeah totally and then one other thing that stood out to me uh 
which kind of resonated with me is like, you have a degree in computer science, like you have a, a programming background, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's one of the things we share in common. Yeah. And yeah. that stood out to me too, because, and then, and then I said, uh, it's interesting that you're, that you have a degree in computer science because you're in marketing. And then you said you weren't really a marketer, but you kind of, I mean, you are, aren't you? I mean, it's like, you're, you're giving advice on copy and you're doing, uh, you're doing, um, you know, uh, website reviews and like helping people do have better conversions. So, I mean, that is marketing, right? Yeah. And, you know, in retrospect, if I, if I said that, I'd like to retract it formally because <laughs> I obviously am, you know, by the nature of being a, a freelancer, which is kind of a loaded word nowadays, but I mean, I have to do everything from sales, marketing, I'm the technician, I'm admin, I'm, I'm, I have to do it all. Yeah. And you're right. The stuff I post on LinkedIn, I mean, it is ultimately marketing. I'm getting inside the brains of potential customers. At least I hope I am. We'll see. <laughs> and, and, and then are like, and then to talk about that computer science side of you is like, is that a piece that you're using a lot with your clients or are you mostly doing the, the website conversions and the, the, the copy reviews? Like wh where do those two, how, how do you, like, where are you bridging those two things? Yeah. So I'm really fortunate to have the computer science background. I think choosing to study computer science in college was one of the smartest decisions I've ever made in my life. Completely lucky, right? I did not think to myself, yes, eight years from now, I will need to know how to code X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to get a degree. No, I was just like, computers are cool. Yeah. Let, let me get a degree, but it enables me to now that I've understand, understood the principles of design it enables me to come at problems from like a holistic point of view as opposed to, I can help you get half of the way there by designing a SaaS site that converts. It's now, hey, I can actually solve the problem for you by designing and deploying the site for you completely. And it's just a contained experience for them. So I prefer to do the whole thing, but I'm, my favorite part in terms of like my competency is actually the design, um, the design side of things. And like the design, the design, like, and when we talk about design, are we talking about like, the the visual aspect or also or like the the design of the copy and the layout or all of the above it's i like to say the user experience you know but what does that mean it's another one of those words that has a million definitions but like the holistic picture of what it looks like for a new customer to discover your brand and then try and engage with them in some way usually through a trial or a demo or a white paper download i like to design that experience um, from wireframes through actual visual designs. And then of course, a large part of the experience is using the site as well. So the development does make its way into UX. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, well, one of the things that I was really interested in kind of hearing your take on was, so like LinkedIn is like totally saturated with, um, with advice for startups and whatnot to, to like, build their company, to market themselves, to build content. Um, but then on the flip side, there's, there's all these like service providers out there that are trying to, to also build their brand. Um, and they've traditionally, you know, built their companies on like networking, referrals, you know, word of mouth, one-on-one um, -on -one sales and stuff like that. I'm curious, like, how do you use some of the marketing stuff that uh, that you've learned with uh, working with with your companies like how do you go about growing your business and what are some of the tactics that you use um, I, i've looked at some of the things you've done and we've kind of talked about it but i'm just kind of curious like what are some of the things you're using to to grow your business yeah 
That's a good question. So I'm doing a mix of, all right, let me, let me take a step back. I'm posting on LinkedIn daily content that's relevant to people that might be considering redesigning their SaaS site or they're having a conversion rate issue, whatever. That's, that's kind of the main shtick. I'm posting that with the assumption that at some point in like the future, three years from now, I might have carved a little spot in their brain where they'll, where they'll think we actually need conversion optimization help now. So I'm going to, I'm going to help Mark, right? So that's a long-term play. There's no chance I'm going to convert anyone from LinkedIn in like the next couple days, unless they serendipitously decide they need a redesign. So how do you balance that with actually growing a scalable, um, service provider business and not completely go broke. And the answer for me is uh, cold email. Cool. Um, I've been, I've been on the cold email bandwagon for like probably four years. And I started out sending really shit emails, <laughs> the hello, sir, madame emails. Everyone's received them. And yeah. I've, I've, I've been, I've went back and looked at them recently and it's so cringy, man. It's so cringy. But now I've got to the point where I'm like, I'm doing really weird stuff. Via cold I remember email. the one you, you were talking about. I think you involved some sort of squirrel. And Yeah. Oh, man. I've retired that one. I don't do it anymore because I think people <laughs> were getting a little sick of that little dude. But I've, I've been doing some crazy stuff lately, man. Um, and I'm finding that kind of like we were talking about before the show, you know, there's so much utility in just doing something novel that helps you stand out and completely zagging when people are zigging that gets you that phone call. Um, so I get most of my business through cold email outreach, just saying, Hey guys, I've got an idea for your business to help you get more conversions. Do you think there's an opportunity packaging that message up in an interesting way? So they actually read it. Um, that's been kind of my, my bread and butter for actually building something while the long-term stuff happens in the background, the LinkedIn videos and that. Yeah. So I, I want to get back to the LinkedIn videos. Um, but I'm actually pretty, I, I think cold emails are pretty cool. I, I use them myself, even though, even though one of the big things that I, I try to help my clients with is like to, to build inbound traffic. Um, I still think cold email is a really interesting thing. Um, and I find that a lot of companies just find that it's just like a, one of those things that they would never do. They like it. There's kind of a stigma to it. Mm. But what I think is interesting about it is that when you, when you, email somebody out of the blue and then you go through that whole process of you know getting the response handling the negotiation uh getting on the call you you learn how to go from like nobody they didn't even know you existed to now they do and then potentially they hire you and i don't know about you but i think there's like there's i get kind of excited about that i mean there's parts of it that i don't like because it you know, you have to send quite a few of them sometimes to like get the traction. Um, but on the flip side, it's like you really learn a lot about what people want in that process that I don't know that you would always get from a referral. Hmm. Yeah, it's like referrals are kind of like cheat codes in a way. Yeah, where... because they, because they, they already know all about you. You might not have those those same discussions with them. Um, that you would in a in an email just or because it's like you're just again, like you're just taking somebody from somebody that doesn't even know you all the way to the customer. And you, I just feel like you learn so much about your own marketing and your company and how to talk about your company 
that you never would have to necessarily do from just a referral because a referral comes in and says, hey, so-and-so said you were really cool. Um, just tell me how you work and let's, let's do business, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. Cold email kind of forces you to distill your message such that you can deliver it quickly via an email, right? A single email and then package it in a way that's funny and novel enough to actually get them to, you know, consider you. Yeah. So how, how do you go about putting your emails together? Like, uh, like what's, and, and how many do you send? I, like, I'd, I'd like to kind of like really, there's, there's actually a few things that I'd, I'd ask you about, but like, where do you start? You've got, you write a sequence up front, you write two or three emails, four emails, five emails, like how, where do you, how do you put that together? Sure. So I'll, I'll give you the nuts and bolts, but I'll start with a quick high level picture. I used to subscribe, subscribe to the idea of like an R mentality where I don't know if I should be focusing on just three people and sending them highly personalized campaigns or focusing on a mass market campaign and just doing something novel. And now I just do both. <laughs> I, I do oh, I the mass market campaigns and I do the highly personalized emails to like a specific four or five accounts. And, and do you do that based on like, like you really want those four or five. And so you're going to spend a little extra time on it. Is that how you make yeah, that? Exactly. So I do a lot of research. Well, not a lot of research. I initially just kind of do some cursory research. And if it seems like they're a company that would be a really good client for me, they're going to get the lion's share of my time when it comes to personalized campaigns. So I can't really put a lot of people in that, in that bucket because it takes so long. I mean, you've got five accounts within those five accounts. There's probably 10 people throughout the management hierarchy that I want to start a conversation with and I have to learn about them, you know, and I'm already at 50 people. I can't, I can't even do 50 people. I guess that's way too many, you know, so I have to keep it small. And then on the other side, the, it's oddly enough, the larger campaigns where I'm doing mass market stuff that tends to get more responses because I, I'm finding that when you increase, actually scratch that projects that I'm typically hired to do are done strategically throughout the year. So if I'm emailing more people, it's much more likely that I bump into someone that happens to be considering a strategic project like a site redesign. Whereas if I'm only talking to five companies, they'll probably be really interested in chatting with me, but it's not in the budget for Q3. It's not in the budget for Q4. You know, it's a really easy way to waste a lot of time. But again, I'm going to be their go-to guy two years down the line when they're considering it, right? How do you keep that relationship open with them? Like just so that you're kind of top of mind. Yeah, it's difficult. But once you, I'll give you a quick example. I'm, I'm prospecting one company now that, or I guess one account. Account sounds so cold, right? Know, but it's just it? a, a group of people within a particular company. Right. And I'm having conversations with like middle management and people that are on the sales floor making calls daily and low level marketers that are just like doing cold email like me. And I'm chatting with them and I'm like, hey, how do things work in your company? And I'm learning about them. I'm learning what they want and what, what's interesting to them. So every now and then when I see an article or something that's interesting to them, or I, I, like the other day, I, I bumped into a, a YouTube channel that I know one of my prospects would actually really like. And I was like, Hey Matt, check this out. Like this is, you'd be, you'd be really interested in watching Mike's content and oh, that's cool. I'm probably, he might not even respond to me, you know, but little things like that add up. And then the newsletter, of course, I'll just 
Oh, o- over t- over time, I'll just say, hey, do you mind if I pop you into my newsletter? You'll get weekly tips for conversion optimization. They'll be like, yeah, sure, whatever, dude. Because yeah. I'm mo- I'm not some unknown entity anymore. I'm the guy they've had a couple chats with. Yeah, no, that's cool. And uh, I sh- I should be better about that too. Like, do you use a CRM to kind of remind you to send stuff like that, or? or oh no, most- I just use Excel. Ah, keep track yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, well. I- Sometimes like, I know I should be using a CRM. Everyone says how cool they are, but sometimes I'm just like, don't you just keep, aren't you just keeping track of people? And um, that, I guess so over-engineered. It, you get so lost in the details of a CRM that you forget to actually talk to someone. And that's my problem, man, is like, I'm such like a detail-oriented person. Like if there's too many options in something, I'll spend too much time like messing around. Oh yeah. So, so going back to the emails then, so like, how do you, so again, like, let's talk about the ones that are more like mass, like you're mm. sending, like how many, like when you start a campaign, how many are you going to commit to sending? Yeah. I try not to send more than, I mean, there's no hard limit, but I'm usually sending about a hundred a week to the mass market campaigns. But, and then um, how many, but I think how many like, like follow-ups I should say. Oh, right. You mean how many steps, how many yeah, touch like points? If they, don't, if they don't respond, like how many, mm. how many reply or uh, response or follow-ups will you, will you send? Yeah. It depends on the campaigns. Some campaigns are like, I'm just trying to get people to join my webinar and they'll only get one follow-up. But for the ones where I'm pretty certain that I can provide some value, they get eight follow-ups wow. over a period of nine months, right? It's oh, okay. not like, you're not getting an email every day. It's like you get one email every two weeks from me for the next nine months. Like, and it gradually increases in distance between the emails so that you don't just turn into that asshole that's spamming people. And, and you plan all those messages out ahead of time? Or do you add them in as you go? Oh, I plan them out ahead of time. Over time, I've kind of learned how to follow up effectively to make it fun, more of a I mean, I've been the recipient of follow-up campaigns and I know which ones I respond to. So that's kind of how I design my, my follow-ups. I'll think to myself, would this be kind of, would this piss me off if I opened it? Would I think they're just trying to get to the top of my inbox or would I be like, that's a clever way of following up. And I only send the ones that are, that's a clever way of following up. One of the follow-ups I did was I sent uh, two articles about something. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that's a good, a good like, and it, I didn't even have a call to action, actually. I just said, hey, here's a couple articles I thought you might be interested in. I like that, but not for the mass market ones, because I found that there's... It's the too... Per, the pers- yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. The person's just like, what the heck? You yeah. Think? Well, so- there's, there's no specific persona. The persona is not specific enough. You know, it's maybe VP marketing, VP sales, and the people are oh. very different. So I don't know what article would resonate with them. So I just... Well, well, for me, I'm hitting like a target person, like... I'm always hitting like the owner mm. of, cause I, yeah, I work with service-based businesses. So I'm always hitting that owner. And I happen to know that most service-based owners want to be thought leaders. And so the articles are about thought leadership. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you give your stamp of approval for, for that follow-up. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a thought leader, right? I'm always telling people, try it experiment i don't i don't i don't know it might work if you're getting positive responses from customers go for it well that, there was one person that responded and then i i um i had another experience which was kind of interesting which is one person responded 
he wasn't he wasn't angry um mm. but he was he was just like why are you emailing me um and it was actually a kind of a cool experience because well because i emailed him back and i didn't do anything defensive so he mm. was, so he said so i kind of had a short exchange with him and i was like hey give me some feedback on on you know why this didn't you know why did this rub you the wrong way or can't remember exactly what I said. I didn't do, I didn't defend myself in any way. I just said, give me some feedback. And he gave me a, like a half page. <laughs> He's just like, let me, t- let me explain exactly why. And I was like, cool, man, that was, I appreciate that. Like, and so that was, I think that's kind of the interesting stuff that you learn when you do cold email that you might not ever do, or you might not ever experience if, uh, if you didn't do that, those kind of, referral, yeah. yeah. Um, well, cool. So then, but the, one thing you also do is like, I, I noticed you do like a weekly webinar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that still something that you're doing? It's every other week. Um, cause it is very draining. Like I'm actually redesigning someone's site live in a zoom call or it, it's not a zoom call. It's like a broadcast thing, crowdcast, but it's really draining to do that with like 10 or 12 people watching you and judging you. <laughs> so I only do it once every other week now. But that seems like one of those, like, in terms of like content, because in the beginning, we, we were talking about how you post content and you were saying that you didn't think that that would get you a customer and, and you know, immediately. But I guess I, I, to challenge that a little bit, like, how do you know that? Like, wh- why do you have that perception? And w- why not um, record those sessions and use some of those sessions as content as well? Mm. I actually do, but it, I can see why you would not see them. But every Monday I do what's called messaging Monday, where I just take the redesign I did the the previous Wednesday and publish it as a PDF. But I I don't post the video though. You're right. Um, But the hypothesis behind people not hiring me from the content marketing I'm doing is usually the kind of projects I'm doing. All right. Think about it like this. If you run a SaaS company, your, your site is like the lifeblood of your business. It's not changing unless there's a very compelling reason to do so. And usually that's the CEO or someone high up in management really wants to change it for some reason, unbeknownst to most, most of the other people in the company. I can't convince anyone to change their site. It's, it's just too hard of a battle. I don't have like a multi-billion dollar marketing campaign to convince people or influence folks to do something. So I can only show what's possible in the hopes that one day they, when they're ready, they'll reach out to me. So that's the hypothesis there, but I'm open to be proven wrong. Yeah. I mean, I just think, um, I mean, just coming from like the business owner standpoint, like business owners always, especially if they're suffering some sort of pain point. So they may or may not think anything is wrong with the site, but even, even me, I, I'm not running a SaaS company, but even when I saw your stuff, I was like, is something wrong with my site? You know, it's like, it, mm. it just like, it triggers something in the brain. And if you were a SaaS company and you didn't think that your site was performing, I could see those videos as being like something that agitates that, that, um, that part of your brain that says maybe there is something here. And, and you know, now, now you're the guy that's positioned to do that. And I think that is kind of being a thought leader too. I mean, you're out there explaining kind of simple concepts to people and, you know, showing them step-by-step step how to kind of think it through. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Maybe I'll, 
well, I, I'm not going to say maybe. I think it, it would be very useful to put some of that stuff as little snippets on LinkedIn as well. Because I'm, I'm trying to reposition my content so it's actually a lot more actionable and useful for people. And uh, I don't know if you've ever interviewed Pedro Cortez on the uh, show. I, I haven't interviewed him, but I know who you're talking about. Okay. He does, he does the stuff that I do live on the webinar in his LinkedIn posts every yeah, I've seen, couple yeah, of days. I've, yeah. And that gets a, a ton, a metric ton of engagement. So I can imagine that posts from my end would do, do perform similarly, but who, who knows? No, I mean, I, I, I'm just kind of like uh, encouraging you to do it because um, I think it totally could. And then I think also if you, if you were to put some headers on, um, on those videos so that, so if somebody was scrolling by, they could kind of see exactly what you were doing without having to, I know you, I know you've got that banner that kind of shows up, but sometimes those are kind of hard to see on the video. If you had a banner at the, at the top, mm. I think it could potentially grab more attention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure you're right on this. And well, obviously your videos get a ton of engagement, right? And you've got some banners. I just, oh, man, is it one of those I things? Don't, that I just don't like them. I yeah. don't like the banners. <laughs> they, they they look like Instagram memes to me, and I'm and I'm too proud to put a banner on there. You know, it's my ego. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. I mean, maybe there's like a different way of. Uh, maybe there's just like another creative way of doing that. All I know is just like, like, to speak to that. Like, I experiment with this, and like the banner makes a huge difference, mm. and so does the first couple lines in the post. Like if it's a text, if it's a text post, it just makes the hugest difference because, and not only the banner, but what the banner says and how long it is. Because if you think about it, people are just scrolling by um, and there are quite a lot of videos now. So it's got to just like, you know, really resonate. Um, I know what you're saying though, but I think at least for me, I, I, I kind of resonate what you're saying with some of the banners I see are, I don't like them either, but it's usually the ones that are overdone. Um, mm. Like they've got emojis on them and all this, all this stuff. But I think there's some, like some of them are, are tasteful. Like, yeah. do you, are you saying you hate my banners as well? <laughs> no, I think your yours are actually really clever because you're always talking about, you always have a very polarizing banner, right? Which is what gives me exactly. a stop. It gives me a stop scrolling. Exactly. I just have a personal vendetta against them. You know, I, I just, ah, they just, look tacky to me yeah. but they're effective you know yeah they are especially the ones that um and this is like another tactic that i learned from somebody else but yeah the, the ones that are polarizing or or they hint at some sort of loss yeah the, there's the ones that are like hey you're gonna get five cool tips those are always cool too but when somebody feels like they're gonna lose something they're more interested in in stopping so like for you like you could do something like I know you're not going to do it, but you know, you could say, uh, we'll see. You're missing, you're missing out on conversions. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the, I guess this is the kind of the cool thing about marketing in that, you know, you, you are a brand. Uh, so you have this aversion to these titles for whatever reason, I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, but that's, what's kind of cool. It's like, so how do you, how do you incorporate something like that, but not do that exactly? And if you were to be creative about it, um, I don't know exactly what that would be. I mean, you kind of have that on the side, like that yeah, thing yeah. that comes in and then, then goes away. It's just, it's not quite in your face. Um, but if you were to figure something out, it would make you stand out. 
Right. Yeah. That's a good point. And the, yeah, I think the problem with my banner is that the text is perhaps too small. A little too or, small. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it does the same effect. Like it quickly explains the utility of watching that video. It does. But yeah. it, it's not in your face like a banner at the top would be. And that's just, the, I think that's the key with, with these news feeds is like people aren't going there to see you or me really. So it's got to, it basically has to stop them in their tracks. And mm -hmm. so, and then the other thing I noticed too, is that I've gotten this feedback. People like, people like the written form of it um, almost reiterated because some people won't actually watch the video until they watch the copy. I've, mm. I've kind of done some, some people have said that in my posts. And then I've seen, um, I've seen other people do uh, like polls and other people ask those questions. So they like the, they like the whole thing just kind of repeated in the, in the text and that helps too. And then also the other thing too, is like how long it is. You know? Oh, yeah. Like the, when it's, when it goes above a minute, people, especially if they don't know what it is, they, they just go buy it because it's like, oh, I got to invest, you know, two minutes or three minutes or four minutes. Some people do really long. Um, those are the main things that I've noticed is like having the text, having subtitles, obviously having a good banner and keeping them super short. Cause the other thing too, is like with yours, you know, some, like some of the, the cool, you know, you, you give a lot of cool stuff. Sometimes that the really good nuggets can be, you know, they can be, um, you could do those really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I have just, a tendency to ramble. And I'm just, sometimes. I'm just brainstorming. Now this is good. This is really useful stuff. I've noticed they get a lot less engagement on the videos when they go past the one and a half minute mark, e even if they go past the one minute. I mean, one of my, I think my strawberry video, which is the one with the most engagement, it was like a 40 second video, you know, and it was weird and it got people to stop. Yeah. So what, what you're saying, I mean, the principles make sense. Um, and it's, it's useful for me, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny, this stuff, or it's not funny. It's fun to kind of think through and, um, it's kind of like a game. And, um, so I have fun with it. Oh, absolutely. You got to, if you're doing it every day. Yeah. Well, the the other thing too is like I've I've been um, I've been focusing a lot more on trying to create some content that isn't just those uh, individual videos because those those do take a while. Like, how uh, how do you do those? Do you do them all in a batch or do you do? Yeah, I do several different batches. So I'll do like ten videos sitting here, ten videos walking, ten videos like just organically throughout my day, and then I'll sprinkle them together. A little weird thing I do is when I'm recording them sitting here, I'll actually change my shirt in between yeah, videos. Yeah. So it doesn't just look like I'm, I'm splicing them all together from one day when in reality I am. So sorry for anyone that's been watching my videos and is listening to this now. <laughs> I, I have duped you into the implication that I'm recording and uploading daily. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I do with the green screen too. I can just, I can swap it out real quick. And yeah, that's because people, like you said, they're going to look at it and immediately judge it. And if they see I'm wearing the same shirt and saying the same, speaking the same kind of way, they're going to think, oh yeah, I watched that yesterday. Yeah, no, yeah, that's for sure. Especially with the banners. Like if they, if you keep doing the same color, mm -hmm. um, then people notice that. Well, well, tell me a little bit like exactly how you, how you help your customers. Uh, yeah, in a nutshell. And I've changed my, my LinkedIn tagline. So I hopefully I'll get it right. That was a cool post, by the way. I like that one. Yeah. Where you were talking about how you changed your, your line based off what people say. Dude, what, I'll tell what you, somebody told you. I sat on that for weeks. 
sat on that for weeks. I sent out surveys to probably like 50 or so potential customers of mine. Interesting. Just, just asking them if they could describe what they think I do, what problem I solve. And only one person got it right. Interesting. They all thought I was a sales rep. So, wow. so I was like, all right, I need to nip this in the bud. And I asked them for some feedback. And then of course we arrived at what we have today, but it was hard to change it. Cause I was really invested in, in the tag. Isn't that, a, isn't that fascinating? We get so invested in our own marketing. Um, and me too, man, like I get really invested in those taglines and they're hard to change. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a bizarre um, behavior. That's why I was kind of, I thought it was cool that you, you did it and explained why and how you did it. So, so what did you do? You, you emailed them and said, this is what I do. What, what's a good tagline? And how did you go about like, how did you get their feedback on it? Oh, I just had, uh, I just had some conversations via LinkedIn, Hmm. Uh, just some, just some direct messages. You know, there's like a handful of people that I'm regularly talking to on LinkedIn. Like I said earlier, there's a couple of accounts, a couple of accounts I'm focusing on consistently. So I'll just shoot them a DM and be like, Hey, would you mind filling out the survey? It'll probably take you like 30, 40 seconds. And then most people are pretty receptive. And the people that responded, I was like, all right, cool. How would you package this message? And I would just give them the raw, this is what I do. And this is how I help people. And then over time, everyone kind of, I guess, designed my own positioning statement for me. Well, that's the, I think that's how you should do it. Um, I wish, I, I still need to do that. There's, there's something that I think keeps people from doing that. Like going out and actually doing that research is not easy. I think partly because you're so invested in it. Like you don't, you almost don't want them to tell you something different. You don't. Yeah. There's, <laughs> the, there's the ego there. And it's also difficult, especially on LinkedIn to get in, to actually start a conversation with someone in the DMS because everyone's terrified of that obnoxious sales pitch. Right. add someone on LinkedIn and then I'll just say like, Hey, thanks for the ad. Maybe a couple of weeks later, I'll be like, Hey, interesting post or something. And people are always just like, you can tell they're, they're cringing behind their desk. So I'm like, Oh, please, please. Yeah. No some pinch. people, some people will accept me and then say, I'm not, I'm not buying anything right now. I'm like, yeah. Don't worry. You have, you don't even know what I'm selling. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm not going to do anything. But you, okay. So, but you didn't tell yeah. us like, t- I didn't explain it. Like, Explain so I, what you do, yeah. Cool. The tagline is, I design SaaS sites that turn traffic into subscribers. That's it. So I'm a designer by trade, uh, but the problem I'm solving is one of conversion rate optimization. If your site's not generating as much customers as you think it should be based on your traffic numbers, that's the kind of person I'm looking to talk to. Yeah. And that, that involves messaging and then just like the format of the site and just it involves a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, messaging is a big part of it. So whenever people end up working with me, the first thing they do is the, the clarity call, which is kind of like a paid discovery session. It's, it's quite an involved session, but I'm just asking them about their goals and, and what they want to do and, and how the website got to where it is today. Then if we end up working together on a project, I'm interviewing customers. I'm talking to them. Mostly that's where the bulk of the time goes refactoring their messaging, trying to tighten up their copy a little bit. If they need, you know, more long form stuff, I have some copywriters I reach out to. And then in severe cases where something really heavy handed needs to be done and get the conversion numbers back up, I'll say, Hey, look, we just need to redesign the site. We need to just completely revamp this thing. And we'll start with a very customer centric approach. 
we'll do the wireframes, get the messaging right, and then we'll uh, redesign that bad boy. Cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then, so how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can check out clarityfirst.co if you want to just learn more about what I do. Uh, the main thing I have on there is my, my newsletter opt-in. I've got a little 12-day course. I'm thinking about changing it to a video course because I've just gotten so comfortable with video, but it's a little little thing that will help you get some more conversions, just some low-hanging fruit stuff if you want to check that out. And then, uh, yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn if you ever want to have a chat. Yeah, cool. One thing I did like about your site is you, you got video on there that explains a bunch of different things. Mm, yeah, no one ever watches them though. I did. I watched. I, I watched that one where you pointed to the corner for like, for like sixty seconds. I think it was the one. Oh right, <laughs> that that's a good one, and that one is for the webinar. Yeah, really? Yeah. I like that. Well, I think those things are. That's why video is important, right? Because it shows like your personality, it shows like who you're getting involved with. Yeah, I mean, especially for someone like me, and I'd imagine someone like yourself as well, where you're, you're involved in a very long-term relationship, a service relationship with someone. If you're an asshole, they're not going to want to do business with you. Yeah. And they need to know if your personality is going to mesh with theirs. So the video helps just totally dismiss that objection immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's why I think video is so important on stuff like LinkedIn. And um, even like, I would say like, sometimes I can tell the videos don't go as far, like the reach, like the number mm -hmm. of views. Um, but if you mix that, like if you mix the video with text, your text ones can go a little bit further and can kind of like penetrate further out into the network. But then the video, the videos back it all up when people see it. And, um, you know, once they recognize you. So if you use a combination of them, it can work pretty well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed your text posts are, they get a lot of engagement as well. It's. And, and I have a lot of people say that they like, text better so i think i think having a combination is good because they do they do tend to have a further reach i think more people um i, I don't know exactly why but anyway that's just it might be a commitment thing you know people don't want to have to watch a video to yeah i think that's part of it like i know some people just like the videos but then i there's people that just don't want to watch them mm -hmm. so i think a combination is good well, cool, man. I appreciate you diving into the cold email and uh, talking about talking about your services and giving us some tips on that stuff. And so it's been an honor to get to know you and I appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast. And um, I look forward to, to continuing our uh, back and forth and uh, maybe we can help each other out sometime. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right, man. I'll see you. Take care.